2: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
3: Folks, we're going on grid.
2: This is Sports
4: Grid. Get on the grid. It's a Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. So, of course, we're recapping what happened in South Florida last night, but also moving ahead to some fantasy baseball talk as hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
2: It's Fantasy Sports Today.
4: Happy Monday. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, here on Sports Grid and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Craig Misch, along with Frank Stample who is at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. Chris McCona, our producer. You want to hit us up here on the show, make sure you do it at FNTSY Radio and send us a message. We'll talk about anything that you want here on this show. But First and foremost, Frank, uh, happy Monday to you. It's second hour of our show and still diving into some fantasy talk and some Super Bowl talk as well. Good afternoon. Thanks for uh, being part of this show. Looking forward for this next six-month ride here of the fantasy baseball season.
5: Thanks again for having me, Craig. I'm really, really excited to, uh, to be joining you here. Fantasy Sports Today, it's going to be every weekday from 11 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, just excited to talk about uh, fantasy baseball. We're really starting to ramp things up now, obviously, day after the Super Bowl. So we're going to continue to talk about the game from last night, what we saw. Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy G., Raheem Mostert, uh, and the like. Uh, but yes, fantasy baseball is coming soon, and I am excited, Craig. So happy to be here, man.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's always it's always fun to dive into a new conversation and new discussion. And of course, as part of that, uh, we get to talk about fantasy sports here for a living. I mean, what better is it than that? Talking fantasy baseball, talking fantasy football. And here on the show, the other thing that we got to do is we always provide you with the latest news and notes and everything that's going on in the world of fantasy and reality. And for that, to uh, tell you that your fish died, to tell you that you lost your bet, and to give you all of the negative stories. No, I'm just kidding. But really, to give you all of the stories that are happening in sports, we turn it over to Chris Pavona, who's got a Sports Grid update here at the top of the hour. Chris?
2: Sports Grid. News update. Thank you, Craig. Good afternoon, Mister Mish. Good afternoon, Mister Frank. It is Chris Bavona with your sports grid news update. Hopefully, a little bit nicer this time around. After fifty years, the Lombardi Trophy returns to Kansas City. The Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions for the twenty nineteen NFL season. They beat the San Francisco Forty Nine ers in another comeback style, thirty one to twenty. Head coach Andy Reid earns his first Super Bowl win, and Pat Mahomes—he's your MVP. The Chiefs already getting to work for the twenty for the twenty twenty season and beyond, specifically keeping their franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. Mahomes is eligible for a contract extension this offseason. Team chairman Clark Hunt said early in Super Bowl week that while the Chiefs want Mahomes playing for them for years, signing him to an extension was not a priority. He said an extension may be about 12 to 15 months off. That could be a little bit less now, now that Mahomes was able to get them to... Uh, the promised land here and get that Super Bowl back. Mahomes' contract runs through the next season, and the Chiefs could extend it another year by exercising a fifth-year option. Mahomes did say last week that he intends to play his entire career for the Chiefs. And it it just can't be a Super Bowl, guys, without Tom Terrific. After much speculation and cryptic social media posts, Tom Brady showed his face on TV in the form of a commercial for Hulu. Brady left many wondering what the future will hold for him after losing in the divisional round of the playoffs to the Tennessee Titans this year, making a lot of speculative social media posts, really all just turning out to be a commercial, which ended in Brady saying, so it's time to say goodbye to TV as you know it, but me, I'm not going anywhere. So you can speculate that on On that for the next couple of months, guys. In the NBA, the trade deadline is just a few days away. The Houston Rockets are actively discussing several trade scenarios involving center Clint Capella including with a host of Eastern Conference franchises in talks around the league. The Rockets are expressing hope they can find a deal or a series of deals that would bring them back a wing and a center for Clint Capella by Thursday's 3 p.m. trade deadline. Guys, there's also a question that the Knicks are showing registered interest in Warriors guard D'Angelo Russell. That's according to the Athletic. I am Chris Bavona with your news update. Back to you, Mister Mish.
4: All right, Chris. Uh, thank you. Not not a lot of negative news there. I appreciate that. Didn't try to rub in any any Super Bowl prop bets. All, all positive stuff there. Much much better. I feel better about that. Okay. Uh, our, yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. All right. So um, and and by the way, for those of you who missed it earlier in the show, we had Pro Football Hall of Famer Jack Youngblood on the show. And Chris will work very diligent on uh, some of that audio. You can hear it fully, of course, on FantasySportsNetwork.com, Audioboom.com, and all the places where you can hear podcasts. You can hear the full interview. But, of course, as always, I'll post some audio of him for you on my Twitter handle, at Craig Mish. The other thing about this show that's going to be fun, as Frank probably knows, is that I cover Major League Baseball. And so a lot of times you'll get some breaking news here on the show and on my Twitter, at Craig Mish. And it will pertain to reality, it will pertain to fantasy, we'll be covering a lot of spring training, so hopefully we'll be giving you some good sleepers. And so I thought it would be a good idea to kick off some fantasy baseball discussion with you, Frank, on this afternoon here on this Monday. And let's start off with really the hot story, and really perhaps the only hot story that is left in the hot stove. Look, there are some names that are out there, Yasiel Puig. I can talk to you a little bit about what I know on him in a minute. But uh, Puig is still out there. Brock Holt is still out there. There's a a few other names that could be fantasy relevant for the season. And, of course, there are names that we're not even talking about right now that could be fantasy relevant as well. Happens every year. Nobody even knew a thing about this guy Aquino on the Reds. Ended up being a monster. Uh, Frank, everybody knows who Mookie Betts is. And Ken Rosenthal on MLB Network reported about an hour ago that it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. Mookie Betts gets traded, and that is going to send shockwaves to both reality and fantasy. So let's kind of dive into that here. Is NFC ADP is number four overall? Is there anything that could potentially affect that with you based on the outcome of Los Angeles or San Diego? Or better yet, is there another place that's on your mind, Frank, when we're talking about Mookie Betts, who arguably uh, has been either the number one or number two or number three fantasy guy over the last few years?
5: Yeah, so I think he is going to get traded as well. I think he winds up with one of those uh, teams in the NL West, whether it's the Padres or the Dodgers. And look, trade off the bat, it, they're not as good hitters parks for right-handed batters uh, as Fenway is. So, I mean, that's that's the obvious first takeaway for me uh, in terms of Mookie Betts. But you know what I've been seeing recently, Craig, and I, I just can't understand it for the life of me, is. You mentioned his ADP is around four, and that's where he has been for most of the draft season. But with these trade rumors coming up the past couple of weeks, you know I, I scour uh, the NFBC Twitter uh, basically all day long to see like what's going on in terms of uh, just ADP trends, like where players are going. And recently, I've seen Mookie Betts sliding down to eight, ten, twelve, consistently like moving out of the top six or seven hitters. And I don't, I just can't understand it because. Whether he moves to San Diego or whether he moves to LA, I understand they're not as good uh, hit- hitters parks, but they're still amazing lineups, right? Like, regardless of what team he ends up on, the Dodgers have a great lineup, and the Padres have a great lineup. Like, he's, if he's hitting a hit, uh, at the top of the Padres' lineup, he's got Fernando Tatis behind him, he's got Tommy Pham behind him, he's got Manny Machado, he's got Eric Cosmer. I still think he's going to return, you know, top five hitter value, regardless of where he is. Uh, does that make sense to you, Craig? That he should be sliding further back in the first round now
4: if he were to be traded to one of these National League ball clubs? Yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting question. I think that, as you mentioned, that I agree with. Uh, I, I think that him moving to eight is too far down. Uh, I do I do have some concerns with him on San Diego, and I'll, and I'll illustrate those. I have no concerns with him in L.A. I think his value would be very close, if not the same. No concerns whatsoever. He's playing in a dynamic place, a winning environment. Uh, park factor is probably a negative on a home run or two, uh, maybe, maybe 10 points off OBP. I, I don't see a huge difference there. Uh, they're monsters there. They got Bellinger. They got Muncie. Um, a, a Turner, a Seeger. I mean, just across the board. I mean, they're beasts. So, I, I mean, if you look at lineups, I, I just don't see a huge uh, differential there. Now, in the case of uh, Petco, Petco is is clearly played a lot better offensively over the last couple of years than people even know. In fact, it's become more neutral than it has been even a pitcher's park. But here is the one thing, Frank, that I can't really quantify. I know what Andy Green did and Andy Green let Tatis run, and he let some of these other guys like Margot run, my concern would be the stolen bases there, just because I don't know what Jace Tingler is. Frank, I don't know who Jace Tingler is. He's the one manager that was hired this offseason that we really don't have a strong game plan as to what he may or may not do. So there's no data, there's no experience, and it's simply put, a hand-picked guy from their general manager, A.J. Preller, Will they value the steal? Will they devalue the steal? Because, Frank, a lot of the reasons why Mookie Betts goes in the the top five is because you can count on him stealing 20 bases or something close to it. Uh, What happens if he is not a guy that's going to steal 20 bases? What happens if he is not batting as high up as he was in the Boston Red Sox lineup? I suppose that would be my concern. Runs, you can't really quantify. I feel like there's good enough bats behind him to score close to or as many runs. Maybe he takes a five-run differential. Uh, Frank, my concern would be him going to San Diego. I have no concerns with him going to L.A., summarizing that. Okay, so in terms of the stolen bases, but didn't we already kind of see the
5: floor last year in terms of the stolen bases? So he drops from 30 in 2018 down to 16 stolen bases uh, last year, and you're right, we don't know what Jace Tingler is going to do as the manager of the San Diego Padres, so I understand that. But you'd have to imagine, Craig, that if they're trading for a dynamic talent like Mookie Betts, and considering everything that they're going to have to give up to get him uh, in his age 27 season, are they really going to tell him, uh, you know, don't be yourself, you know, don't go out there and run? I, I think last year, what we saw in the 16 stolen bases is probably the floor, uh, and I think that. You know, you can depend on him for 15 to 20 stolen bases. I understand your concern, but I don't. I can't imagine them telling Mookie Betts to not be himself atop that lineup, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, really hard to say. Hard to say, Frank. I can't. I can't endorse that statement just because I don't know what the manager is going to be about. It feels like that was a good floor, but it could be less. We really don't know. Different manager. We'll take a quick timeout. Three up, three down is next. Don't go away
1: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow two guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
2: Fantasy Sports Today.
3: Straight ball, I get it very much. Growth ball, that's our friend. Yes.
2: Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. I offer the cigar, roll. Now what goes up must come down.
4: Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Frank Stamfel here on the show. And this segment is called Three Up, Three Down. You may remember it from the baseball season. Uh, We turned it into basically the opening drive, but essentially the opening drive was our fantasy football talk to start the day, and so uh, three up, three down is what we do. And so here's how the segment works. There are three things that we like, essentially, three things that we don't like that are happening in reality or fantasy. Uh, I will give you my three things that I'm pointing the arrow up on, then Frank will give his three things he's pointing the arrow up on, and then I will have three negative things, and then... Of course, Frank will have three negative things, and I'm sure Chris Pavona could jump in and give ten negative things. But we'll start off with mine here, if you don't mind. Uh, Let's start off with uh, the Super Bowl this past week. Now, in past years, I have been a very active participant in all Super Bowl events and the game itself. As I've moved more toward football, uh, I have done a lot more or baseball. I've done a lot more baseball stuff. But I will say this, that if SportsGrid next year decides to broadcast live from the Super Bowl... Uh, I will participate. We just you know, didn't really uh, do that this year, but it is in Tampa next year, so I can go if they choose to, and I'll go and cover the game and do the whole thing, do the radio row. Uh, I did have a chance Saturday night, and I want to thank the great uh, people over at the Taste of the NFL. It was at the Westin Diplomat in Hollywood, which is very close, of course, to my house because I am a Broward County resident. Uh, happy to cover it on behalf of Sports Grid and my podcast locally here, Swings and Mishes. Uh, 32 of the best chefs in the country partnered with the NFL teams and representative from those teams. A great night, and thanks for the invite and the ability to cover that. Wanted to start off with that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Secondly, as part of my three up, three down, I am going to go actually with football season coming to an end, and I'll explain to you why. Now... People have this big misnomer that I'm a baseball-only person. You have no idea how much football coverage I do. For an example, bi-weekly live streams on sports wagering over on the uh, Fantasy Alarm slash Wager Alarm site every Tuesday and Friday night, every single week, talking fantasy football for two hours with you guys here on Fantasy Sports Today every single day of the week. So... I get plenty of my fill during football season. But I got to tell you, part of my up here on the show is having this all come to an end. I probably work harder during baseball season, but there's a lot less focus for me. And maybe that's just because baseball just comes easier to me than football does. I'm not really sure. Uh, A lot of pressure also to win and a lot of pressure to win in fantasy football leagues. Uh, Not as much in baseball because it's just a six-month uh, you don't really know what the outcome is going to be toward the end. Football is just so live and die with every single, week's and I, every single week, and that pressure is tough. So I'm happy to have that go away. Uh, my third up, which is interesting, is that uh, Frank had it as his, so I'd love his thoughts on that, is that this show on HBO, The Outsider, has really caught my attention. In fact, so many people have been talking about it on social media that I decide, when, when that happens, I tend to dive into something. I'm not big on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not big on reviews, but because I'm pretty active on Twitter, when people say things about something, it's not that I believe it, but it piques my interest. And so as an example, on Netflix when they had the show Don't F with Cats and how spooky that was, I dove into that. And then this show The Outsider, now I'm not done with it and I'm not even caught up with it. I think I'm on episode uh, three or four, but I gotta tell you, Frank, this is a very well done show. And I have no clue how it's going to end, which is what I like most about it. So that's what I'm going to start off with this afternoon, Frank, of my three up, three down. How about you?
5: So, Craig, when it comes to the outsider, I do have to uh, be honest with you. It's our first day working together. I'd like to get that rapport, uh, you know, up and running. We have to be honest with each other here on the show. Uh, I just copy and pasted your three up into my three up uh, so that I could just kind of have that format. So I haven't actually watched the outsider. Oh, I just kinda copy and pasted oh, it into the rundown. My whole day. Oh <laughs> my
4: gosh. Okay. Uh,
5: but I, I am intrigued. I've heard other people talking about it as well. I do have HBO Go, so I might have you're to go. You're up until uh, so one o'clock in myself. the morning,
4: Frank. What are you doing at one <laughs> o'clock in the morning? Come on, man. You have it Listen, if yeah, I'm, you're staying I'm up that for the show. Late, you're not married. You have Oh, stop, you are not. You have you're not married. You have no kids. <laughs> All you have to do is deal with Sussman for one hour a day. I mean, come on, you got plenty of time. Well, you know, it's easier
5: said than done, Craig. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta prep. Uh, it, it's not so easy. Uh, it, it takes hard work to work with Craig Sussman for an hour. No, I'm just kidding. I'll jump right yeah, here into true. my th- my three up my three up for today. Uh, hopefully I do this correctly. So I was doing a keto slash no carb diet in the month of January, Craig, and uh, I was not drinking alcohol as well. Uh, and those things are now over. January is over. So uh, I'm diving right back into uh, as many carbs as I could possibly handle, as much alcohol as I could possibly handle. Uh, so I would say that's a positive. That is a, uh, that is My first up uh, from this past weekend, so uh, yeah, I was diving back into that. Uh, And then my second up here, part of 3 Up 3 Down, was on Friday night. I thought the Lakers uh, and LeBron James' tribute to Kobe Bryant was uh, fantastic. I thought they did a really, really good job. Uh, LeBron is, uh, you know, one of the ambassadors of the NBA, and he kind of... uh, it's, it's on him to, uh, to respond to uh, tragedy like ha- what occurred last week. And I thought he did a really good job with his speech. And I thought uh, just in general, everything that the Lakers did was uh, phenomenal for, for all those that were lost uh, last week in that tragedy. So I thought that that was awesome uh, from over the weekend. Uh, and then my third up uh, is, it, it not revolving around the outsider, uh, but I saw a grandma enter the train today. Uh, Part of the MTA system here, the subway system. Uh, It's crazy, Craig. I don't know how often you've uh, rode the MTA in your life, but uh, it's quite the adventure. I saw a grandma truck a hipster, a hipster woman that was wearing basically like a fur jacket. She thought she was like the coolest thing in the world. She's standing right in front of the door. She deserved to get trucked. She's standing right there. Uh, and So internally, uh, I was laughing. My uh, my ass off if I'm allowed to say that. I I, I enjoyed that heavily. I saw I saw a hipster get trucked today, Craig. So
4: I like uh, it. That was great. Yeah. That was great well, for me. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Now how how how, how often do you uh, to get in? Where where do you live, Frank? Do you live in New York or New Jersey?
5: I live in Queens, uh, Mass with Queens, New York. So it actually took me like an hour and twenty minutes to get to New Jersey today. Wow.
4: Okay. Yeah. We got to get you. We got to get Joe Ranieri up there to your house and get that all set up. Is uh, yeah, but right. I, you know what? I'm kind of <laughs> jealous, though. I've I've always I've always dreamed of of doing some uh, shows like this from a sports book. Like I definitely am into that. Now, the idea that no one is there in the sports book at the time may be a little bit different for me. But all year long, I was just waiting for that call from Mike Cardano to say, "Hey, Craig, come up and host the show, uh, college football, pro football." And you know what? Twenty weeks went by. And and my phone still hasn't rang, Frank. It's for, it's very sad. So wow, uh, terrible job, all right, on Mike uh, yeah. What is he doing, man? Yeah, I mean, t- twenty weeks, man. Oh, I, I mean, one week. Could, eh. Anyway, all right. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, so that's what's up. Let's go down. Uh, first of all, my Super Bowl picks. What you guys know about me from doing streams, shows, whatever. Um, not afraid to say that I am wrong and wrong often. Um, you know, again, the best in the world are doing this a little bit better than fifty percent. So I can't stand the gas bags. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've I've missed on the Super Bowl pick four years in a row, and I'm proud to say I have. I, I, look, this one was a really bad one, picking San Francisco, because, of course, uh, Kansas City came back and won. But nothing will touch taking Atlanta, honestly, in the Super Bowl. And then having New England come back and win that. Like, that was just disgusting. So I'm over 4 in the last 4. Now... Uh, I I don't need to have a qualifier with my record in the regular season. You can check my record at the Westgate because I do the Super Contest every year. But in Super Bowls, you just need to stay away from me. I just I I can't win a Super Bowl. It's just true. I'm not going to I can't sit here and tell you that I could win because I can't. All right. uh, On uh, down three up, three down. Here is my second one. Would you believe, Frank? Now, this is something to keep in mind. I know you're getting married here. Pavona got married uh, recently. Everyone's getting married over at Sports Grid. Got to be very careful because you could get divorced within 12 days. Pamela Anderson, who got married, I'm going to guess this is her third marriage or fourth, but either way, 12 days in, trying to break the Kardashian record here, ended up uh, calling it off with John Peters. They're asking for their privacy. I don't know a lot about John Peters, but here's what I know. Not a surprise. Pamela Anderson got divorced in uh, 12 days. And then finally, last night after the game, my friends took an Uber to get back from Miami Beach from the stadium, $130. On an Uber. That's how much it costs to get from the stadium back to Miami Beach, Frank. Yep.
5: I might have to look into uh, taking an Uber straight from my my house in Queens to, to get here to the new uh, to the FanDuel Sportsbook every single day. But $130, that is a steep price. Also, not surprised about Pam Anderson's marriage only lasting 12 days either. So I don't know if I'm doing this right, Craig, but I put the fact that my keto diet in Sober January is over on both three up and three down. And the reason being is I feel terrible today. My stomach is, like, in shambles. I ate so much greasy food last night and I drank so much that I feel terrible today. So I don't know if I'm making history in putting something in both three up, three down, but I have that as both a positive and a negative because now I can eat everything that I want again. Uh, But that's also a negative because I don't know how to control myself and and I feel terrible today. So that's how I'm going to kick off my first three down here. Uh, Tom Brady returning. We spoke about this earlier with the Hulu commercial. Just go away already, Tom Brady. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm a Jets fan. I'm tired of watching Tom Brady dominate. I think he will be back with the Patriots. You know, let's get other teams involved. Let's get the Buffalo Bills involved as well when it comes to the AFC East. Uh, And my last down, we also spoke about this earlier. Damian Williams, his monster playoffs will once again sucker us in to drafting him as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 in 2020. And honestly, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get suckered in. So I have that as uh, my final three down here, Craig. All
4: right, fair enough. There it is. Three up, three down here on this January 3rd, 2020. When we come back next more fantasy discussion both baseball and football that's headed your way specifically Damian Williams what can we expect from him in the future we'll be right back
3: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield.
4: And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield here on the show, Sports Grid and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network at FNTSY Radio. If you have any questions or comments, it's the day after the Super Bowl, so naturally we turn things over to the fantasy baseball season, and if I'm not mistaken, Frank, you are going to be participating in uh, an NFBC league, so uh, which one are you uh, signed up for there, Frank? Yeah, I just signed up for my first uh, NFBC Draft
5: Champions League, which is a draft and hold. It's a 50 round, 15 team uh, rotisserie league, Uh, so you don't have any waiver wire pickups throughout the course of the season. It's called Draft Champions because uh, everything that happens with your team throughout the course of the season is based on who you draft. So it's a, it's a longer draft, it's a slow draft, two hours per pick. I'm currently waiting for the rest of the league to sign up uh, to for it to fill before we start. Uh, so if anyone wants to compete against me, just go to the NFBC website right now. Uh, draft Champions, it's the two hour time limit. There's only like two out of 15 people in the league right now. So uh, I'm a little lonely here, Craig, but uh, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating uh, other people joining so that we can get this draft up and running. I'm I'm ready to start drafting already, Craig. I know it's only uh,
4: February 3rd, but man, I'm excited. Okay, so so, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what is the entry fee to this uh, this league here? It's $150. Okay, and how many total leagues will you be playing in this year that that you consider important like are you in any of the other like uh industry sort of leagues i I don't even know what we even call i would say community as opposed to industry i'm not even sure what we would say industry is anymore Right, so uh,
5: I'm going to be part of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I know those invites just got sent out today. Those are also 15-team roti- uh, t- rotisserie leagues. Uh, those are like industry leagues, community, uh, whatever, uh, whatever you'd like to refer-, refer to it as here, Craig. But a lot of people in the fantasy baseball industry playing them. Uh, there's going to there's going to end up with like a Something like over 300 people. Part of it, there's an overall prize uh, as well. Uh, but they're also they're basically a bunch of 15 team roto leagues that are uh, comprised of a bigger overall prize as well. Uh, when it comes to how many leagues, uh, too many, Craig. You know, I try to cut down, and somehow I ended up taking on more. I don't know how this happened, uh, but I'll have a few of these like draft champions leagues where they're not. I don't want to say as important, but I don't have to put as much work in because there's no waiver wire, you know? So I just got to set my lineup every single week, but I'll probably end up with around 10, maybe 12, which seems entirely too many. How about you, Craig?
4: Yeah, I I think, um, well, first of all, I'm very familiar, of course, with the, the, the great fantasy baseball invitational. I participated the last two years in that. Two years ago, I was one of the top finishers. I did great. Ah, uh, last year I did bad, if I'm not mistaken. I I think it had. It, I wasn't blaming this on anybody, but they did switch over to the NFBC website, and I I don't know for some reason I I didn't I don't know if I didn't like it as much. I, I can't re- really remember, but I did very well the first year. I won't use any excuses. I just did not as good last year, that's for sure. So I'll probably I'm I think we competed against up, so each other for that. I think the last, first year we competed year,
5: against each other in the same league. No, in uh, 20 So it would have been twenty eighteen. Yeah, I came in first I place really in that good league. I in finished. That. I think. Okay. I finished in, uh, like a top five in the overall back in twenty eighteen, and then last year, uh, because I won my league, I was part of like a uh, like a a Champions League where, like, everybody who won their 15-team league in, in the Great Fantasy Baseball uh competed against each other. Like, Adam Ronis was in that league. Uh, I think, like, Alex Chamberlain was in that league. Like, it was just, like, super sharp guys. Uh, I finished in last place, Craig. So uh, I got to bounce okay. back this year.
4: I, I did really well in that league two years ago with you. I, I think I may have been winning, like, the whole time, and I and I ended up finishing second or third. I was proud of my finish in that one. But I think I faded down the stretch, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I know that I did well uh, two years ago, for sure. Uh, was it on Fan Tracks two years ago? Am I right about that? Yeah, it was on Fan Tracks. yep. Okay, that sounds familiar. So I'll be in that. Uh, I, unfortunately, this year, am not going to be able to make it to New York for uh, Tout Wars. It's just luck of the draw. I have a family event that weekend, and there's just no navigating around it. I tried virtually everything, including flying to new york but would you believe that in south florida and just in general there's no planes at like midnight that get into new york at 2 a.m which is what i was shooting for or like at 11 o'clock. there's just none like i have to go to this event at night and i'm not going to be able to make it so i'm out of that but i am in tout wars draft and hold and i'll participate in the live labor auction on sunday march the first or something like that i think that's i think that's the date i'll be in that And I have an NL where there's money involved. And I think that that's about it, Frank. So I I think I'm looking at five leagues maximum. I'm hoping for less, maybe four. And unless we do any like show leagues or host leagues or anything like that, I think that that's it. I can live with that.
5: Man, I got to take a page out of your book, Craig. I got to learn to say no to some of these people. Like, I have two or three home leagues that I do. I have uh, the GST League, which is a 15-team Roto that I do uh, with Adam Ronis, and he hosts that every year Uh, and then I just have a few other like I'm going to have a main event team in the NFBC which is like a $1,700 entry so I'll have I'll have two of those entries as well Uh, so there's a lot going on you almost stretch yourself too thin you know so I got to learn how to say no to some people and kind of cut it back a little bit Uh, and when it comes to uh, Tout Wars you know look Craig if you don't want to come hang out with me in New York you can just tell me man you don't have to you know make reasons up why you don't want to come to New York to hang out with me It's, it's perfectly fine (laughs)
4: Uh, I've got to make it about
5: me. You know that, Craig. Come on.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely not about you. Um, You know, there's no doubt. Uh, I would love to go. I really would. But, you know, sometimes, you know, family's got to come first, and that is a priority. But I will say this. I'm looking forward to this week. I don't know, Frank, if you're aware, but Thursday night, is it Thursday night? Is the uh, labor mixed league snake draft, I think. So we'll have some data, some info to look at this week.
5: Uh, let me look it up I, I saw that the uh, I believe the draft order was announced last week I saw that uh, a couple of people that I'm uh, that I'm pretty uh, that I follow in the industry were tweeting about it I know like Ryan Bloomfield from baseball HQ was tweeting about it uh, but yeah I think you're right I think that is uh, I think that's taking place this week
4: all right so that'll be this week and we'll have a recap of that for sure uh, as we go on um, the other thing that I wanted to get to here is that with the Super Bowl being over, it's kind of our last look at some things that could potentially happen happen in fantasy. We were talking about Damian Williams earlier in the show, Frank. Um, Frank, do you feel like Williams, where do you think his ADP is going to be in 2020? Do you think that he's going to be higher than what he was going into the Super Bowl, lower? I have a, a hard one with this. So I think. He, based on what he did
5: in the super bowl it's definitely going to move up like if you saw any like too early mock drafts he's probably going to move up from where anywhere he was drafted in those uh, i don't think he'll quite get the same amount of steam that he got this past season like you know when he was at his height of hype i guess uh, throughout the fantasy football draft season i saw some people take him on the turn like at the one two turn at the end of the first round early second round for the majority of leagues he probably wound up being You know, maybe a late second round pick, uh, an early third round pick, maybe even falling into the mid third round pick uh, because uh, I know after he signed LaShawn McCoy, you know, some people kind of backed off of him. Uh, But if he's the starter going into next year, I don't think LaShawn McCoy will be back with the team. Uh, I think, you know, Darwin Thompson will still be there. Obviously, they just drafted him this year. We'll see what they do with Darrell Williams as well. Uh, But if he is the starter for the Chiefs, I think he's probably going to end up being a a third round pick once again, heading into 2020, you know, maybe on that, you know, three, four turn going into the early fourth round. But, Again, people just want exposure to this Chiefs offense. And and how can you blame them, right? How dynamic it is, how many scoring opportunities someone like Damian Williams is going to get in this offense. And and then you look at what he did in the playoffs. I mean, he had six or more targets in every one of these games. So he also helps you from a PPR perspective. Uh, I think he's going to wind up being in the third round
4: again if he is the starter for the Kansas City Chiefs here, Craig. Do do you think, going back to last night, do you think that if... Tyreek Hill doesn't catch that long pass from Mahomes on 3rd and 15 that the 49ers win the game, Frank. Do you think that the 49ers are Super Bowl champions if they don't convert that 3rd and 15? Uh, Man, that's... That's a good question. I'm going to go with no. I'm still
5: going to go with no. Um, It's a fair question because, you know, at that point, uh, you have to imagine the Chiefs probably go for it on fourth down. And, you know, just being able to convert a third and 15, uh, you know, anything that long uh, and that down in distance, uh, I'm going to go with yes. I'm still going to have faith in in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they would have found a way to either convert third or fourth down there uh, and and still go on to win that game. But, hey, man, that's that's a legitimate question because, I mean, look – all the pressure in the world, if it gets down to 4th and 15 there um, and, and you don't convert that, then, yeah, I mean, the game is probably over. You're looking at the San Francisco 49ers, so uh, that's just part of the magic, right? Uh, the Patrick Mahomes is kind of lofting up there. Like, how does Tyreek Hill get that open, Craig? Like, there's the, the one person you can't allow to be in a space by himself that far down the field is Tyreek Hill. Like, how does that happen?
4: Yeah, I think the 49ers win the game if, if, uh, if, they, if they stop that play. You know, I, I do. And, and by the way, weren't the 49ers in a situation earlier this year? Was it against, or was it Seattle against the Rams? Who was it that played against the Rams that had a similar situation and they blew it and the team went on to win? I think that knocked basically the Rams out of the playoffs. It may have been the 49ers. I don't recall. Uh, I, I think the 49ers win if they stop them there. Now, look, the other the other play that was interesting, and I, I don't know that it would have made a huge difference, was when Damian Williams did score that touchdown you could have made the case that his foot was out at the one-yard line or the half-yard line. I'm not really sure, but either way, they were not stopping the Holmes on at the goal line. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and play sour grapes on that one. It's just to think again. By the way, Brian Finnerin, former wide receiver of the Falcons, he uh, tweeted this out. the uh, Kyle Shanahan's teams, once with the Falcons and now with the 49ers, 96% chance of winning at the time. And 95% chance of winning at the time. Those were the percentages that both the Falcons and the 49ers had, Frank, of a chance to win. And they ended up blowing it both different times. So, not really the best of endings for either team. That's for sure. We'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. We'll come back next and wrap up our show. We also have Exit Velocity, our first of the new year. So, don't go away. Craig and Frank, back with you in just two minutes. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish and Frank Stample here on the show. We got you until 1 o'clock on the East. And uh, what's coming up here next at 1 o'clock here? Is it uh, Dr. Odo and full-time fantasy? Am I right about that? That's what used to follow us here. Uh, hopefully still the case, but if not, uh, you guys let me know for sure. and We'll uh, give you a quick update on those programs as well. Um, well, I think, Frank, what it looks like is tomorrow we could have some interesting discussion to talk about because it, it, even the people out in San Diego seem to think that a trade is coming close with Mookie Betts. I mean, Frank, I, I don't know what it says to you about this. This is probably more of a reality conversation than fantasy. And I'm, I'm not sure who your favorite team is. i but assume it's the Yankees. Am I right by that? Are you a Yankees fan? That is correct. Okay. It, you, you, know, you know what this is? This is the equivalent frank of in a year or two uh the yankees trading aaron judge you know you would you would throw things you know like it just feels oh gosh it 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 feels wrong it feels like the like i understand where the red sox are coming from and they're just way over this this luxury tax and uh you know there's reports that they offered him 300 million and he turned it down and i get it and all those things are are in are in play but, you know, this, this is kind of like the question that I asked Buck Showalter when I had him on the show last week, Frank. And I said, basically, is, in, in essence, is nothing sacred anymore? Like the days of Derek Jeter playing with the Yankees for two decades. I mean, I mean, how much better can Boston get in the draft or in talent than getting somebody like Mookie Betts? And the odds of him re-signing with Boston – After this, if they end up trading him, I would think that there are almost none. You have Nolan Arenado, who you could see as a Rocky for life, also potentially leaving. I suppose that there will always be a player or two in the bigs, Frank, that we're going to see play with the same franchise for 20 years. But, I mean, Pujols went to the Angels, and Miguel Cabrera went from Miami to Detroit. I think it's safe to say at this point that the game that I watched in the 80s and even the 90s is just, like, gone. I mean, free agency is just a beast, and players are going to leave.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the players that are going to remain with one franchise, uh, you know, in their entire career are few and far between. You brought up Aaron Judge, like... He makes sense to me as you know, maybe even taking over that mantle as like the next Yankee captain. You know, a homegrown talent there, and everything he's done in a short period of time, and you know his his likeness off the field as well. I mean, he's a very likable person, so uh, maybe he's the next one that can you know stick with a team uh, for the entirety of his career. But again, I mean, we're talking about someone who's still you know so young. You know, he's still only in his mid twenties, so uh, there's a lot that that has to play out when it comes to Aaron Judge. But you know, you're right, man. it, It is. It's sad for the Red Sox from from just like their franchise and for their fans to not be able to uh, to to retain a talent like this, someone who was homegrown, right? Who who you know kind of uh, developed within the organization with the Red Sox. Like, you, you, you've seen this guy uh, since you drafted him, and you've seen him come up through the through the minors, through the ranks, and and kind of develop into this MVP-caliber player uh, and, you know, help win a World Series as well. And, and now for things to kind of fizzle out and, and end the way that they are now, like, it doesn't seem like it's a great relationship, obviously, uh, at this point. And, and what's even more confusing to me, Craig, is, you know, members of the Boston media that I see on Twitter Bashing Mookie bets. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, but I will never, ever blame a player for wanting to make as much money as they possibly can. It's not even a matter of, like, you know, uh, him disrespecting the Red Sox because he wants 420 million. Like, how dare he, you know, try, uh, try and make that much money? I mean, You have to try and make as much money as you possibly can while you're playing this game. Like, you know, your career can be altered in the blink of an eye with an injury or anything can happen, right? So you have to make as much money as you possibly can. You have to be selfish if you're a player, uh, almost regardless of sport, but specifically in baseball where so much money is thrown around. Like, I can't blame Mookie Betts one bit for trying to make every ounce of money that he possibly can. Uh, So for Boston media and some of their fans to come out and say, uh, you know, Mookie Betts is being selfish, uh, to me that's just insane. I don't know how anybody can blame a player for, for wanting to make as much money as they possibly can.
4: Yeah, and, and I, I think I did see maybe one comment on that, but I, I really didn't see a lot. I, it may be just the same guy that every I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, I think everyone's yep. referring to the same tweet or the same person. So I, I don't want to put a blanket statement on all of the media, but I, I, I'll say this uh, Bryce Harper ended up leaving Washington for what people think is not a significant amount of money to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies, his choice, wanted to be paid. Uh, uh, Manny Machado made his choice and had a lot of other choices, by the way, not just Baltimore, and ended up picking the team that offered him the most money with the San Diego Padres. And I will say this from, from having some experience in this arena and knowing some of the players and the agents the way that I do, Frank, is that... A lot of times what's happening now is the agents, what they'll say to the players, and it's very smart. It's, it's for the agent's benefit, but it's for the players as well, is that you're not just signing a contract for yourself, Frank. You're signing it for the Major League Baseball Players Association, you know? Like, there is a strong union there, and anybody who is willing to take a discount on a, on a contract, you're not necessarily begrudged for it because everybody has their own personal preference, But you are highly encouraged as a member of that union to take the most money. Because essentially what you do is you're setting yourself up. You're also setting up the future of the league as well. So I can speak to this from knowing what the experience is. And people always wonder, oh, why doesn't that guy take a discount? Or why doesn't that guy just sign in the better spot? And look, if you're at the end of your career and you sign a one-year contract, I'll I'll give you a good example. Does Madison Bumgarner have to sign at this stage of his life a $200 million contract? No. No. He wants to pitch where he's comfortable, and he wants to pitch in an environment that he's comfortable in a division that he knows with a team that has a chance to win. And that's why he signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks, unlike potentially J.D. Martinez and unlike potentially uh, Garrett Cole, who got offered the most money and took the most money. So every situation is different, but Frank, this also boils down to the future of baseball hinges on the contracts of today. And so I kind of understand where bets and everybody else is coming from. In order to, to get the most money for the players in the future, the contracts of now do matter. And I think that's a part of this as well.
5: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense, and you you hear that term, you know, resetting the market often uh, when it comes to, uh, again, not just baseball, but uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? He's going to have to get a contract extension coming up here soon, uh, so he's going to reset the market from a quarterback perspective, you know, what a franchise quarterback uh, should make, and we've already heard, like, some crazy numbers being thrown out there that he's going to make, quote, NBA money, something that, uh, you know, NFL players and even quarterbacks were not used to seeing uh, contracts like that being given out, so uh, we'll see what happens. there with Patrick Mahomes but you're right you know it's not just uh, looking out for the player but you almost have to reset that market when you are that caliber of athlete you know an MVP caliber athlete uh, because it's not just for you it's like there's going to be MVP caliber athletes that come after you uh, and obviously the way things are trending like contracts are just going to get larger and larger so again I'll I'll always side with the players uh, and it sounds like you know the the work that you've done with uh, players and agents as well is is they're uh, they're also trying to do that uh, make as much money as they as they possibly can and I think that's exactly what they should be doing
4: yep yep no doubt about that um okay Frank so as we uh we get ready to wrap up the show here let me ask you this going into 2020's football season is there any other pick for you besides the Kansas City Chiefs as the favorite to win the Super Bowl if you had to make the decision right now who would you pick oh of course the Jets
5: come on Craig J-E-T-S Jets 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 my (laughs) guy Adam Gase right
4: Oh man! Oh,
5: you don't like that pick? <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I, mean, I can well, see the problem. Patriots like bouncing back, right? Like the Patriots uh, is the yeah, obvious one, right? I mean, like I they're guess. gonna be out for
4: blood, the vengeance. Uh, you know what? I think those narratives and all that is gone, man. Like they fell completely. They lost to the Dolphins, Frank, the last game of the season at home. I'm sorry. Like I, any of that narrative stuff, I'm out on now <laughs> with them. How do you True. not win that game? You know what that cost me too. I had the Dolphins under for the season. I mean, if I would have told you in, in October oh, yeah, that, that I got a lot the of Dolphins there. under five wins, I mean, I had five, luckily. We bought it to five. Like, some place would let you buy a half to five. I mean, what would you have said? Oh, Craig, you, you how much did you bet? Congratulations on your win. You know, they had no wins in October. But, yeah, that's, uh, I learned my lesson. I'm never doing football totals again. I, I probably will do it, and I'm lying, but I am i don't think I'm going yeah. to it I best.
5: mean, that's, that's a all bad right, beat, right. man.
4: That's definitely a bad beat. Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. All right, uh, let's wrap up the show. And uh, Chris Bavona, let's turn it over to a little bit of exit velocity.
3: I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh!
4: Exit velocity.
0: Nice velocity.
4: All right, so if this is your first time listening to my show here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we always end the show with a final thought. We called it the two-minute drill uh, for football, for baseball. We'll call it exit velocity. We'll make Frank go to work tomorrow. He'll give you his exit velocity. I'll give you mine today. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl. I think you have to say that they did, but you also have to ask yourself the question in a big spot like this, did the 49ers lose the Super Bowl? And I think that the answer is yes. You get into these spots before the half. You get into these spots at the end of the game. You have to expect, if you're playing against arguably the best offense in the NFL, you have to put the pedal to the metal. It sounds cliche. It sounds ridiculous. But that's what it is. And the 49ers did not do that. Did you ever feel safe when the 49ers were up 10 in that game to know that they could win? The answer is no. you got the best quarterback potentially in the NFL on the other end of it. You had to get aggressive. The 49ers didn't. Second time we've seen this in four years where a team completely falls flat in the fourth quarter and, in my mind, gives away the big game. Thanks again to Chris Bavona, our producer, today. And, of course, uh, thanks again to Jack Youngblood for coming on the program. And my co-host, as always, Frank Stamfel, as we start this new journey here on FNTSY. For Frank, I'm Craig Mish. Looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow again at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on Sports Grid and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hope you guys have a great Monday. We'll see if we have a baseball trade to talk about. We're back here tomorrow at 11. Until then,
3: speak on Tuesday. Goodbye.